Hi, I'm Matt Waller, Dean of the Sam M. Walton College of Business. Welcome to Be Epic, the podcast where we explore excellence, professionalism, innovation, and collegiality, and what those values mean in business, education, and your life today. I have with me today Ross Duvall, President and CEO of Heartland Forward. He uh, just put out a report that we're going to be talking about that's really interesting and relevant to today. He was with the Milken Institute for about 20 years. He was the chief research officer. And prior to that, he was senior vice president, uh, regional economics with the Wharton Econometric Forecasting Associates. And uh, Ross, thank you so much for uh, taking time to visit with me today about uh, your report, the Northwest Arkansas Economic Recovery Strategy. Well, Matt, I welcome the opportunity to join you and your listeners, and maybe we can even prod a few more listeners in the future. Absolutely, absolutely. Ross, um, you know, this is a really comprehensive report. It's a 100-page report, and it's full of really interesting, what you call big ideas. But for each big idea, you've got strategies for actually uh, bringing them to reality. And the authors of this, of course, you're the author, but you've got some co-authors that are quite well-known, Rich Florida, who is the founder of Creative Class Group and a well-known author. Um, But it looks to me like you have, a lot of people uh, have their fingerprints on this. Matt, it's true. A lot of people do have their fingerprints on it. Um, I think one thing that's really interesting is how it all came together. So this essentially resulted from... um, Mike Malone and a few other people, Mike of Runway, former head of the uh, Northwest Arkansas Council, asking me to convene a group of thought leaders in how COVID-19 changes urban, rural, and in between America. What are the things that are going to happen? And so I reached out to Rich Florida and Joel Kotkin and a few, a few others, and it eventually evolved into, well, what can Northwest Arkansas do to improve its competitive position coming out of COVID-19? And so that was kind of the background behind it. And it was kind of serendipity in the sense that Rich Florida wrote the creative class, this is probably what, 17, 18 years ago now. Um, And I, in my work, was one one of the three T's, talent, technology, and tolerance, and he largely based the technology off some of the work that I had done in America's high-tech economy and high-tech cluster. So we'd engaged many times over the years, but this was the first time that we all came together to work on a project at the same time. So Rich and I had worked on projects previously together. Joel and I had, and Rich and Joel had, but all three of us had never worked on the same project at the same time. And then, of course, we brought in some of our other collaborators on it. But what really makes this unique, in my opinion, was, you know, there is some very detailed research that underpins it, but the whole process was geared towards what are broad strategies with actionable items that could be implemented 
to change things. And so it really blends kind of all of our different creative abilities into one document. Well, you know, uh, the whole notion of coming up with a recovery strategy is it's a great idea. I, I would think that most regions don't do that. The only region that has published anything that would be close to what we've done is joint venture Silicon Valley, San Jose, Silicon Valley. Um, I used to be on their advisory council. And they came out with something about a month and a half ago. And it's a nice document. I know the people to put it together. Uh, it's glossy, but it, it's a lot of platitudes without specific action items. And that's what I really emphasize that we needed to come up with, not just the big strategies, but what are the action items and who's going to take responsibility for implementing them? Yeah, I, well, I noticed that when I read the document. Now, backing up a second, I mean, we're talking about Northwest Arkansas here as a part of the heartland, uh, kind of the center of the heartland in some ways. Um, but Northwest Arkansas has got a lot going for it. As you say in your report, we're fourth in population growth. We're third in job growth. And for those of you who are listening that aren't familiar with uh, this, Northwest Arkansas basically goes um, from Fayetteville to Bentonville and some surrounding areas. Uh, many people are familiar with Bentonville because, of course, it's the headquarters of Walmart. The, the largest company in the world, but also within Northwest Arkansas, we have not only Walmart, but we've got J.B. Hunt, Tyson Foods, and about 1,500 um, consumer products companies have offices here as well. So Northwest Arkansas has a lot going for it. You know, having a strategy for recovery is a good idea, especially if you've got a lot going for you. But before we get into that, would you mind speaking to what is meant by the heartland? What is the heartland? Yeah, so Matt, um, there's lots of different perspectives on what the heartland really is. So not to get too down in the weeds, but it originally pertained to Central Asia and the use of it. It was a British geographer in 1903 that started using the term about the heartland of Central Europe, uh, you know, Western Asia. And, and then the term eventually found its way to the United States. The, the earliest I found it used was in 1942 in a book referring to the American heartland and then kind of in the Chicago World's Fair right after the war, you know, come to the heartland. But the, the idea is it's kind of the, the center hub. It's an ancestral home. It means that you know, kind of the the hearth and the family. And so some people might define it differently. They might find a smaller geography. To us, the heartland is really kind of the center of the country. Uh, it comprises of four census regions that all have central in their title. But it runs basically from Michigan in the north, south to Alabama, west to Texas, and north to North Dakota. Some might refer to it as flyover country. Uh, some might say that West Virginia should be included. Uh, but Virginia, West Virginia, of course, was originally part of Virginia, one of the original 13 colonies. So you can't be in the heartland if you're one of the original 13 colonies. So that's, that's a definition. But for the people that live here, we're proud to call ourselves the heartland. 
Uh, people on the coast sometimes refer to it as a pejorative term, kind of a substitute for flyover country, meaning those that are not as enlightened or as intelligent as us. We know that's not true. Uh, one of my former uh, colleagues at the Milken Institute, Gary Becker, University of Chicago Nobel Prize winner in economics, once told me that, you know, Ross, intelligence is evenly distributed. It's not more concentrated on the coast. Any child growing up in the heartland uh, has an equal opportunity to advance as anybody growing up on the coasts. Right? And Gary was kind of the father of human capital. So it's a broad heartland, and we're trying to focus on improving economic performance here in the center of the country. Well, your report has a seven-point plan for post-COVID-19 recovery that goes from uh, one, becoming the nation's leading small region for talent, two, be the world's best small place for arts, culture, and recreation, three, grow the economy and jobs around big anchor companies, four, bolster the region's small business and startup ecosystem, five, make inclusion and diversity a regional priority, Six, put health at the center of the agenda. And seven, seven rebrand the market and the region. Um, and that, that's a, those are some pretty major tasks for sure. But we do have momentum in all of them right now to some degree. How did you come up with that basic plan? When you have people who bring different aspects of creativity to trying to analyze a situation, it many times will lead you not where you thought you originally were, were headed. You know, my background, I'm very quantitative. You know, I look at the details of such things as how you define clusters and occupational groups and technology and innovation. And Rich thinks in a similar manner, but he's thinks more about creative spark in terms of talent that you don't necessarily need a degree to be talented, which is very true. You just need to have the cognitive functions. And then Joel is more of a, brings a journalist perspective. So when you blend those together, once again, it's kind of like you don't want to watch the sausage being made, but when it's all done, it usually is pretty interesting. So, you know, we threw a lot of things on the wall. I had some of my initial ideas that I brought to it, having moved here in the last three years and followed the region from a distance for many more. And Rich and Joel have both been here uh, and kind of visited the area. So they were very familiar with it and they bring different perspectives to it. And so we, we kicked around some ideas uh, that were big macro ideas. And then we had, I don't know, at one point we had like 60 different ideas that were listed. And then we kind of looked at grouping them. Is this a talent idea or is this a university idea around entrepreneurship. And so we kind of categorized them. Heavy focus on the arts and entertainment, culture, recreation, because it's increasingly evident that that is what attracts talent and retains it. That's kind of Rich Florida's creative class perspective, and I've talked about it too. But we, then we organized them and came up with, they were kind of around seven big ideas there's some overlap. You'll see diversity, equity, inclusion is embedded throughout the different areas, as well as the university, because the University of Arkansas is going to play a key role in virtually every one of these areas. 
So, Ross, of course, the university plays a role in each of these areas, not the complete role, but at least some role in each of these areas. You know, the first one, become the nation's leading small region for talent. Well, that that's clearly an important uh, one uh, for the, the university to be thinking about. What are the what is the sort of the key spirit behind that, Ross? So one we proposed, Matt, a what we call a talent moonshot initiative, which would look at bringing some of the best and brightest. So a kind of a MacArthur Genius Style Award uh, to Northwest Arkansas. And many of them would be researchers and academics who might not have thought about looking to the heartland or the University of Arkansas in particular, but you know, due to COVID-19, the challenges of density on the coast, high housing prices, that becomes an opportunity for us. So that was one of the ways that we suggested doing so. You know, maybe you can bring a top academic that also has a business background, but involved in commercialization, entrepreneurship, kind of a, a unique breed. So that's one area that we focused on. Another one was what we called kind of build up a greater critical mass of young singles. Essentially, Northwest Arkansas is known to be very attractive to families and people who are thinking about having families, but the recreation, the talent, the nightlife, the things that are available here in terms of what's been communicated may not be, or young people may not be aware of it. So that was something else that we felt needed to be a focus on was to retain more of the graduates that come to Northwest Arkansas from other states to make people feel, young people feel more welcome and and available here. Another area that we discussed was creating a pipeline for local talent, not just at the large companies, but a, a unique role there. It's interesting because when you speak to human resource staff, there really isn't that much movement between the big three in terms of professional staff and kind of the job opportunities within an occupational category. And so we emphasize that for retention purposes, they all could benefit by sharing more information and being engaged. Now that's somewhat controversial, right? As you can imagine, but instead of losing someone let's say that's at Tyson that might've been um, in their IT applications, they may not have been aware of anything that might be available at Walmart or JB Hunt. So instead of losing them to San Francisco or Austin, by working together, you might lose someone right now, but maybe five to 10 years from then, they might be on a professional occupational growth trajectory that they, they could become a manager or director and you might be able to rehire them. So, so that was that was what we were thinking in terms of talent. I think that's a great idea because for many reasons, and and not just amongst, say Tyson, J.B. Hunt, and Walmart, but even supplier. the the supplier teams. So so this is really a an innovative idea, and I see your metaphor, your analogy with Silicon Valley because here in Northwest Arkansas we have an unusual highly concentrated labor market that has expertise in retail, consumer products, e-commerce, supply chain management, 
logistics. I mean, there's there can't be any other place on Earth with this kind of concentration. You know, especially true in, as you well know, Matt, you, you know, the University of Arkansas voted, was voted to have the top bachelor's program in supply chain, right? The right. Country, that's something to be proud of. And when that word gets out, I think that could be a talent attraction magnet as well, uh, because people, companies want to have a presence here to be able to tap into that, that local supply of high quality talent. So the other, the other major idea that we focused on was to create kind of a world-leading cluster called an industrial commons, if you will, in supply, delivery, and logistics. And this would involve the big three, many of the suppliers, University of Arkansas, teaming together to make sure that they share information in a public space where they're non-competitive Obviously, at some point, it becomes proprietary, but be thinking about developing this as extending the cluster and making us all more competitive. And the the big three companies need to play a more active role in engaging with the University of Arkansas. And as you know, I've uh, lectured on my soapbox. I've tried to share that with them. You can't complain that academics don't understand how to plug into what we do, you have to educate them. You have to reach out to acknowledge you want to work and see this as a competitive advantage because by working with the University of Arkansas, you gain access to the latest research and knowledge as it's created that you can then plug in to your company. Wow. You know, I realized the difference because when I was a new professor here in supply chain management in the mid-90s, Hewlett-Packard was collaborating with Stanford on the rollout of their pavilion PCs to the retail supply chain. And because my area of expertise is retail supply chain management, they reached out to me and I I would spend the summers out there uh, working with this joint project between Stanford and Hewlett Packard. And I thought, wow, it's interesting. HP and Silicon Valley reached out but the companies here didn't, you know, right, and I know. There's, there's still, it's better than it was then, but it's still like that. So you, I think you're right. That's a huge opportunity. It is a huge opportunity. Of course, there's cultural barriers to doing that. And it goes both ways. The university wasn't always as open and yeah. plugged in and its research profile wasn't at a level that, Others would find it as attractive. That's changed. But as you know, Matt, perceptions lag reality. And you become embedded in institutional cultures that don't permit knowledge exchange or recognize that it could happen. And so I admonish the companies here that it's their responsibility to reach out to the University of Arkansas and try and plug in. It's not just the university's responsibility to reach out. The, the basis of culture is shared beliefs. And and I think the shared belief here is that there's value in collaborating between the academy and practice. And there's certainly lots of evidence of it in the world, um, tons of it, as you've pointed out many times. And some of your research has also illustrated over the years. Yeah, no. so you look at which metropolitan areas around the country have been most successful. Uh, With the rare exception, there's been one or two 
major research universities that got very engaged in trying to apply their research. Think of it as translational research. How could it be transferred that intellectual property to existing firms or to startups or a professor that might take a leave of absence for a while to start a new company? Maybe they choose to come back and hire a CEO full time, but to stay at the leading edge of applying new knowledge, you need that symbiotic relationship between universities, you know, Stanford, MIT, UC San Diego and biotech. You think of the research triangle, uh, UT, Austin, Seattle, University of Washington. I mean, I can go on and on. So those places that have universities that recognize part of their mission is commercial commercialization and engagement with the private sector to see that their research is translated and applied in the in the marketplace. That's the difference. So, uh, of course, another one of your steps has to do with be the world's best small place for arts, culture, and recreation. And there's been a lot of effort to help the university grow their arts talent and expertise. A huge gift given uh, from the Waltons not too long ago, $120 million to endow the School of Art. One member of the family in particular, uh, Alice Walton, you know, starting Crystal Bridges. I mean, there have been some founding kind of arts and recreation establishments here. Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art is kind of a game changer. Yeah. Uh, because whoever thought of Bentonville as an art center, but Crystal Bridges is considered one of the top two, three American museums of art in the country. That's a game changer because what you then hear are people from the coast who go, oh, yeah, I heard about Crystal Bridges and it's, it's in Bentonville. And then it take, they take the time to understand where Bentonville is in Northwest Arkansas. And then they realize, oh yeah, the University of Arkansas is down in Fayetteville in the same area. So it really is a game changer. And if you look at talent attraction, if so, so if somebody gets transferred here and they don't ever become embedded in the arts and culture and feel that it's vibrant here, it's much easier for them to make the decision that when somebody calls from Austin or Nashville or Minneapolis uh, or, or certainly one of the coastal locations that they're, they're more likely, likely to stay here if they're plugged in and you have these attributes. So if you want to attract and retain talent, the arts and culture are just so critical. You know, when I first got here in 1994, we had no art scene. There was an outdoors scene because you could go to the Buffalo River, which is one of the most beautiful rivers in the country. But, you know, everything's changed. To your point, Crystal Bridges, the momentary, the, the, the paved paths, the Walton Arts yep. Center, the, the Amp, but, and on and on and on. So for me, as dean, I'm telling you, it's much easier for me to recruit today than it was a few years ago. And, you know, the rate at which this has happened, I can't imagine it's ever happened before at this rate. Maybe it has somewhere. Austin probably would be the closest example in the heartland. Of course, Austin started a little bit larger than Northwest Arkansas, but not not that much larger. But you, 
if you go back and look at Austin from 25 years ago, it was, it's, that's kind of where they were. <laughs> they were, they were kind of Northwest Arkansas at that point, And we're becoming more like them. And one area that we're going to be ahead of because Austin just got a medical school three or four years ago, Dell Medical School, they kind of outgrew their health infrastructure as many fast growing places do and didn't have academic medicine. So one of the strategies that we're suggesting be pursued is developing a new academic medical center here in Northwest Arkansas, a new medical school, because you simply do not have as sophisticated a quality of healthcare provided unless you have an academic medical center in the region. And it becomes a recruiting tool. So, so Ross, I'm looking at this from a business perspective as, as you do. And, you know, one of the most important variables in business is branding. I mean, the Intel inside, right? That whole strategy of Intel, they were getting most of the margin on PCs for, for decades. But there's so many examples throughout history of where brand is everything because brand communicates who you are. And so, you know, we're not what we were when I got here 20, 27 years ago. But I don't know if people on the outside, even people that lived here in 2010, they, would, they wouldn't understand what we are today. We've changed so much for the better. How do you go about communicating that? Or what should we be doing in that regard? The term Northwest Arkansas was created to bring the separate communities together and have a common brand. And that made sense at the time. But very few places have had success naming themselves as a geographic entity. So think about the research triangle. When I mentioned that term, you pretty much know what that means, right? It's North Carolina, Definitely. it's NC State, it's Duke, it's North Carolina, it's Raleigh, Durham, and Cary. And so there's kind of this unique aura that comes with that. It's They're innovative, they're forward-thinking, they're creating some of the best technology companies like SaaS came, came out of there. And so the area needs a new brand that kind of explains who we are. So we think of Austin kind of has the mystique that they've created, Nashville, but Northwest Arkansas is this nebulous concept. And when people <laughs> at, they ask me where I'm located and I answer, so if I'm talking to the New York Times or Wall Street Journal, and they know I've left the Milken Institute in Los Angeles and moved here, and they say, so where are you? I'm, I'm in Northwest Arkansas. Oh, I, uh, I've been to Little Rock, really like Little Rock. Well, <laughs> yeah. no, Little Rock's nice, but no, that's not really Northwest Arkansas. We're up in the northwest corner on the border with Missouri and Oklahoma and Kansas just a little bit away. But, you know, I actually live in Bentonville. Bentonville, oh, yeah, that's the world. That's the headquarters for Walmart. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, then they go, well, Crystal Bridges. And, and then they say, oh, yeah, the University of Arkansas is there too, isn't it, right? So my point being is that we need to think about the common elements today within the region that would be attractive to talent entrepreneurs and firms that might want to move here in branding ourselves. Don't be thinking about, you know, what should it be? What are our attributes? Well, our, our attributes are corporations, colleges, one in particular, and I would say culture. So 
you need to be they need to be thinking about how do you rebrand yourself so that others don't think Arkansas, they think of the unique attributes of this region. We, we do have some experts and many of the experts had uh, some fairly strong opinions and there's still some remnants of those opinions in the document. It, like this is a challenge because you don't want a community to feel that it's left out. So if you end up with a name that is two out of the four major cities in, in the area, two are gonna feel left out. My point is you wanna put your best foot forward you all will reap benefits from a branding that brings more companies and talent here. Don't worry about whether your name, your city's name is in the actual rebranding or, you know, go with something like, like the Research Triangle did. But the region deserves a new brand. It just no longer describes the major qualities and attributes of the area. Well, this is a, a challenging uh, task and, um, but I, I really feel like your report does a terrific job of explaining what we need to do. And again, you're you're leveraging things we already have some momentum in. And back to the branding, we have, if you look at mountain biking, for example, we've hosted the International Mountain Biking Association uh, annual meeting here and, and many other things. People all over the country are now uh, noticing us in that way. But it's so true that when you when you do have an attractive place to live for a certain psychographic, you will attract people. And so somehow the brand has to communicate the psychographics that we want to attract. And I thought it was neat that you put the branding piece at the end of your document because it really, it kind of ties it all together. No, it does. And that's we put at the end because we wanted everybody to go through the various attributes and understand how the region has changed before we introduced the idea of rebranding. Because if we have started with rebranding, it could have potentially been even more contentious than it was. I'll give you another great anecdote. So when I first arrived here, I was looking for a junior economist. And the Fed, the Federal Reserve Banks, have a lot of great regional economists. And we put the ad up, and this guy from the St. Louis Federal Reserve Bank applied. His name's Jonas Cruz. He works for us now. So it turns out he's a giant mountain biking fan, and he started coming to Bentonville in northwest Arkansas for mountain biking from St. Louis. And so when he saw the ad that there was an opportunity to do hmm. similar work here in Bentonville, he was like here in a couple of weeks. Well, Ross, this is so exciting. Thanks for taking time to explain the document to to us we i really appreciate that well i was glad to participate in anything that's named be epic <laughs> we all want to be epic absolutely thanks for listening to today's episode of the be epic podcast from the walton college you can find us on google soundcloud itunes or look for us wherever you find your podcasts be sure to subscribe and rate us. You can find current and past episodes by searching Be Epic Podcast, one word, that's B-E-E-P-I-C Podcast, and now Be Epic. Be Epic.